Back to school can be a tough transition for kiddos and parents. Due to the global pandemic and changes in the education system over the past 18 months, the beginning of the school year may bring extra stressors to many children, teachers, and parents. Listen as we chat with early childhood educator and friend Ashley Chatelain on common stressors seen at the start of the school year, how this might feel different this year, and how to best support yourself and your kiddos during this transition. Additionally, here are tips that can be applied to supporting kiddos throughout other life transitions. Hello and welcome to Medical Mamas. I'm Allie, here with my co-host, Melissa. We are the founders of Medical Mamas, certified child life specialists, and mamas of little ones. Hey, I'm Melissa. Our goal for this podcast is to provide parents with resources to aid in navigating acute medical experiences, general wellness, child development, and life transitions from birth through young adulthood. We are so excited for you to be joining us. Hello and welcome to Medical Mamas. We're super excited to have you join us. Today we are talking to Ashley Chatelain, who has a background in elementary school education and a minor in human development. We're super excited to have her on the show today. Hey, thank you for having me. So Ashley, we're super excited to talk to you, especially since it's late summer and a lot of families are looking at going back to school and back to school is going to be a little different for folks this year in a lot of places, both nationally and globally, but it's something that is a stressor for a lot of families every year after the kids have been home for two and a half to three months. As we kind of approach this upcoming school year, what do you think might be some of those biggest stressors for kiddos and families? I think it definitely kind of depends on how this current school year went, because some kids were back in school in person, at least in my neighborhood. Like I was right on the border, like one district, they went back full time the whole year. And the other one, they were purely virtual until like February. And then they went back in person. And so I think just kind of depending on how that year went will also affect how kids feel this year. But I think just with like the masks that they had to wear and all the rules in place, I know different schools had modified lunches and recesses and things keep kids distant that I'm hoping this year is just totally normal. But I think it's just going to be weird for kids because they didn't really have that last year. And I do think it kind of depends on the age group. I think for sure, like the kids who are older and had the normal elementary school experience or high school experience for a few years, it'll be like, oh, yay, I'm glad it's back to normal. And it'll be almost comforting. But for some of these little kids who don't know anything but this weird COVID world, I think for them, I'm sure they're the most stressed. Leading up to it, you can talk to your kids. And I think there's lots of strategies you can do to make everyone kind of feel more comfortable. So you talk about how it can be difficult for different ages. What would you say is the hardest age range for that transitioning to a new school? So I think there's categories for sure. The hardest age is the kindergarten, first grade, wherever they're getting to school for the first time and even preschool. But when it's a full new experience and they haven't done it before, I think that's definitely the most stressful time. 
But I think with the older kids, when a kid is leaving elementary school to go to junior high or they're going to high school and they're that first year at the new schools that kind of comes back where it's like okay this is a new school this is new people this is new layout of how it works the school day is just different so I think like every age group kind of has that stressor even if they are older but I would say the older kids they've been in school they're more familiar so I don't think it's quite the same as the little kids who are like this is a new world what am I coming to see I think especially for this COVID world the little, little kids is who I would be the most concerned about. Those kids entering kindergarten or maybe even first and second grade since their main school years of kindergarten and first grade have been these scary COVID years. And so anywhere up in that four to eight-year-olds is the age group that I'm thinking is going to need the most support going back this year. You mentioned the different age groups and the concerns that may come to caregivers as they're helping their child get reintroduced to school this year, whether it is moving to the next level or coming in for the first time or feeling like you're coming in for the first time because your only experience was maybe the entire year was virtual. So they've never actually been in a classroom setting before. Do you have any tips or tricks from the teacher's perspective that help with that separation anxiety, which I think sometimes is harder for the parent than it is the child when they're doing the drop-off. Um, no, seriously. There or helping that kiddo get acquainted with the classroom. I used to laugh at the mom. So I'm like, why are you so sad they're going to kindergarten? And now I'm going to be the mom that's like crying being like, don't leave me. So I totally get it. One of the big things that parents can do to kind of support their kids and feeling confident in this year is getting their kids familiar. If you go and walk them around the school grounds and then like if you're allowed to, or I guess as it gets closer to school year, you probably can like go inside the school and be like, look, this is going to be your classroom. This is where you hang stuff up. This is the library. And if you walk through it with them and just kind of like hype it up and show them that it's exciting and fun and it's not just like the first day they come to school is the first day they are there. I think that could for sure help because they like it's new. And so any type of familiarity, like go play on the playground just kind of getting them around the school before it starts is a great idea. And I think even with that, depending on how close to school year it is, because they might not be around before, but most teachers go back like the first week in August to start getting ready. Even if you go in, and I'm assuming you know who the teacher is at that point, and have them meet the teacher and be like, hey, this is who you're going to spend your days with. And I'm sure all the teachers are just as nervous as the kids with how this is going to go down and would be happy to like talk to them and reassure them. And I think anything that you can do to make it feel familiar and comforting will help with leading up to that and using really positive language. Cause if your kids can tell you're nervous, they're going to be nervous. So if you're like have a happy attitude towards it and if they have any questions or seem concerned, just really reassuring them that it's going to be a great year will help with the anxieties of going back to this new world, the normal world. So, you know, I'm like, it's not really that a new world. It's just like, it's just so different. I had, didn't go into any classrooms this last year with COVID and stuff. And I kind of wish I could have seen like how it really was going down. Cause I helped some kids here and there when they were like purely on zoom. And it's just, it's weird. You kind of miss that connection. And so I think, I think it's going to be really good. I think like the first few weeks, it's going to be a weird transition to be like, okay, we can feel normal. This is good. Hopefully it all just flows smoothly. Yeah. I know that with my little guy, he's preschool age now, the whole aspect of not being around kiddos and not being able to learn those social skills has been huge and so now that we're going to playgrounds again I'm like oh shoot like 
he doesn't know how to play. He doesn't know how to be friends. Like, he doesn't know know how to be a friend. And so just thinking about all these kiddos that have kind of missed those opportunities, unless they had a small pod that they could get together with, that was safe for them and their families. They've really missed out on those type of things. And so even then meeting new people hasn't really happened. So now you're meeting a teacher that you're not used to being with another adult potentially who's not a parent and being in a new place. And I love the idea of going to the school to see if you can meet the teacher. I think that is awesome. And I'd hope that all teachers would be very receptive to that because I think that's a great way to help them be like, oh yeah, this is my teacher. Okay. Right. And I'm kind of hoping teachers ask parents to do that. If I were a teacher, because I taught kindergarten and if it were me, because we already had a couple days when the kids would come and meet us and they would kind of do like back to school testing with us, but they got like a half an hour with us one-on-one before school started and everything. I feel like I would for sure want to just be like, let them come in and meet me. Yeah, it's just weird. And so I assume most teachers probably agree and hopefully will reach out or if you reached out for sure would let anyone come and meet them. Cause yeah, it's just, it's weird. And the kids need to feel comfortable and know like, okay, I can trust you and you're safe to be around. So I think that's where like, depending on how parents talked to their kids when COVID started, I know that some little kids, this little boy that I used to nanny, he genuinely thought he was going to die if he was around someone. And it's not necessarily the parents' fault for the way they said it or whatever, but just like making them realize like, no, another human's not, you're not going to be hurt by being by someone. They totally, just hearing the words that they hear connected things differently than we may have realized. And I think it could just be scary for some kids to be like, oh, I'm just by all these people and hopefully they don't get me sick. That's huge too. Language is so important with little kids and the words that we use to describe things because they are very concrete thinkers, right? Especially those younger age. I know a lot of times. So literal. Yeah. A lot of times when in our job, we'll meet somebody who doesn't want to be at the hospital because their grandparent died at the hospital. And so they think, therefore, like, if I go to the hospital, I'll die too, because Mm -hmm. the only person they knew that ever went, that's what happened. So making sure we explain things in a very concrete way that they can understand is huge. You mentioned earlier the positive language and how that's so important when talking to kiddos and being able to answer their questions. So when kids come to their parents with questions about this upcoming school year or about how COVID is going to be a thing, because for a lot of these kids, they're not able to get a vaccine yet. How would you suggest or advise parents to kind of answer those questions? I think just explaining to them that obviously lots of people have been sick and even though they can't get the vaccine, the adults and the older kids are working on getting their shots to make sure that they stay healthy. Be like, hey, everyone's doing that. And even though you haven't gotten yours, everyone else getting theirs is helping you stay healthy too. I think you hit the nail on the head when you alluded to validating them, right? The question is valid. And even if mom or dad doesn't have the answer on the spot, it's also, I mean, we kind of run into this with some of the harder cases that we work on in the hospital. And it's okay to say like, or for us to help coach the parents, like it's okay to say, 
I don't have the answer to that right now. I hear your question. Know that I'm doing everything to keep you safe. And I wouldn't put you in harm's way intentionally, right? So like, I'm going to do everything I can to keep you safe. And we think the safest option for you right now is that the way the school is handling things is that it is safe for you to go back. And I think validating them, but letting them know, like, I don't have all the answers, but I'm doing the best for our family based on what we do know. I love that. I feel like when we work in bereavement, sometimes I feel like it's hard for parents sometimes to answer all of the little ones because they ask questions so cyclically and the parents trying to process the death as well. And giving the parent permission to be like, I hear you. I don't have the answer to that right now. Either telling the kiddo, like you can go ask so-and-so or, you know what, can you give me a day and I'll like get back to you on that? Or let's talk about that tomorrow. Or at least the kid knows they've been heard and you can kind of like go from there as a family, but of course getting back to them so as to not break the trust. But I appreciate like the piece where you were just, totally focused on validating them, even if you don't have all the words and no one has all the words right now, right? Like none of us have lived through this before. Unless we have anyone who wants to come on the show, who's like a hundred and over a hundred years old, like 104, then we don't have anybody who's like had to use these words or heard these words before. I just really like the validation well, that, that piece. is perfect especially with with kids just being like yeah I do hear you and I want to answer a question but like I might not have your answer right now I think that's exactly that's exactly what I was trying to say so that's a good way to put it no you think of the better words for me no <laughs> I mean look we're all talking to little ones every day right and oh my gosh, in yes. in parallel related fields we're teachers but in different avenues and so even in our roles like not as a parent, we're talking to someone else's child at school or in the hospital, just being transparent that we're like human also. And we don't always have the answer, I think is fair for kids. Which, and that's know. actually like, as a teacher, that's like a great strategy for kids too, to just be like, yeah, like not everyone has the answers, even when they are the right. adults. And so it's just like a whole other good learning experience for the kids to realize yeah. on top of this. Mm-hmm. We talked about earlier how this year is a little bit different than a typical year, but I would say from my knowledge that separation anxiety is very common any school year. Do totally. you have it? Yes. Yeah. Do you have <laughs> any tips for that first couple of days or weeks to help ease that transition or give parents like action items that they can do with their kiddos to help? Right. See, this is where I think like, obviously kind of what I said before, like getting them familiar will help with that for sure. And then I think like showing them like, cause one of the main things of separation anxiety is the kids need to like realize like it's not permanent, you know, like even though I'm going to school for a minute, like my mom and dad will be here to pick me up. And I think just like talking to them about it and like showing them like, okay, I'm going to drop you off right now, but I will be here at this time to come get you. And really giving them the specifics, like in the beginning, like if you're talking to your kindergartner and school starts at 845 and you pick them up at three o'clock or whatever, if you tell them, okay, when your clock gets to three o'clock, or like if you even have them wear a watch and like teach them like what the time looks like and tell them when it gets to this time, that's when I'm going to come get you. So then like during the day, if they're like, I want my mom, they can be like, oh, like I know she's coming to get me at this specific time. Um, So I think things like that can for sure help. Um, and obviously 
I think creating a relationship with the teacher and letting the teacher know that your child is stressed and going to deal with that anxiety of being away the teacher can for sure like help also not necessarily by just like distracting the kids or what but by reassuring them and being like yes we have this many minutes or hours left of the day and then your family will come and just making them realize like oh I'm going to school but that doesn't mean like I'm stuck at the school you know what I mean because I think that's a like it's kind of like with babies when you when you leave and you just teach them like I'm coming back to you I promise (laughs) it's like kind of the same thing even though the kids are older and they do know you're coming back you still kind of have to reiterate it and teach them that that's how it works but I think for sure kind of the steps are getting familiar and then as the few days go on like helping them find a friend because once they have a friend it'll be a little more fun and then they'll be excited to go and that's kind of even more worth it too is really hyping it up being like aren't you so excited to go to school and what do you think you get to do at school today are you going to color are you going to read books you know just if you make it sound like they're going to have the best day ever they're going to tell themselves they'll have the best day ever and it will help so but it is it's yeah even with kindergartners you always have the one or two kids that like cries the first day or the first week because they don't want to leave their mom and the parents aren't helpful because they'll walk their kids in and you're kind of like, drop them off at the door, it might help. But yeah, no, I think it's just tricky. And it depends on each family. Cause yeah, that's one thing we said with our kindergartners is the first week you can walk them in and help them feel comfortable and familiar. But then after that, we suggested just like dropping them off at the front and letting them walk in and stuff. Because once in the classroom, if their parent is still there, they hang on to that. But the quicker you separate and give them the time to do stuff, the easier it gets. So I think, yeah, letting them be a little independent, as hard it is for you, because I I know now that I have a child, I'm like, oh, I wouldn't want to drop her off at the front. I want to walk her all the way in. But I think kind of you separating from your kids will help them separate from you too. Have you ever had a kindergartner get lost? Uh, No. Because I think schools know this would be an issue and kindergartners always like the first one. Gotcha. Like you like walk in the doors and like kindergarten classrooms are the closest to the doors. My principal at my school was always in the halls, like kind of in the main area until school started. And usually teachers are kind of going in throughout, like the kids would find their way pretty quick, I'm sure, even if they did get lost because there's people around constantly. As we've been talking about preparing kiddos, helping them get familiar with the unknown things, do you have any resources that you love, like books that talk about going back to school or anything like that? I've been looking and there's nothing I found that I like love, love yet. There is one girl on Instagram that I do love and she's not necessarily like her focus on going back to school and stuff, but she focuses on toddlers and kind of getting them prepared for school when the school year comes I know she'll talk about this her Instagram is busy toddler she's some cute mom and has the best activities that she does with her kids so you should just follow her anyways I think she'll be a good resource once schools are going back because she'll for sure talk about this stuff she was I think a kindergarten teacher and a first grade teacher and now she does it from home and I her Instagram is for sure a good one to follow for how to talk to your kids and stuff like that. We also love Busy Toddler. She has great yeah, content. Right? Yeah. She has great tips on how to talk to kiddos and language and all totally. of that. Totally. I know. I like want to be her friend. 
speaking of connecting on Instagram, Ashley has an awesome Instagram account where you can find the most adorable clothes and other things. Yeah, we actually like have kind of decided to change our direction. Just a little, just to add more. Because we've like focused so much on just like kids clothes kind of. We're going to kind of make it more of like a, an overall thing. So just kind of like kids clothes, kids resources, kind of include some things for moms. And so it'll be a little more broad, which I think will be good. But yeah, like last year I talked about back to school stuff and we will for sure be doing that this year. And so it's just kind of, yeah, like a kind of a mom and kid Instagram to share our favorite things and lots of cute clothes. It's called Tiny and Timeless on Instagram. It's really fun. And I think it's cute. It's adorable. So you should check it out. And she she's also, like she said, has other things on there too. So I know I've looked at some of the games or um, toys that you've recommended too. And they're all awesome. We've so- done lots of, we've done lots of educational games. We do lots of like toys. And that's kind of our, what we try to create. Like at Christmas, we were doing toys that are not just little trinkets, like toys that are like educational toys that are fun and actually teach them while they play. So I feel like that's why it it's good for parents to kind of get those ideas. I love how much talk was around like the importance of positive preparation. And I know we're like closing things out, so I don't want to like rehash any of it, but just as like closing thought, I just completely agree with you. And I'm just, my wheels are turning as I'm thinking of like the comparisons between like the work we do in the hospital and how we talk to families so much about positive preparation and how seeing and experiencing something before maybe going into a procedure can help the child so much with processing or being able to ask those questions to rid of any anxiety or manage any anxiety and cope with that new experience. So when you were talking about all the ideas Um, which I think are fantastic about finding ways to spend time on the grounds of the school or in the school or meet the teachers early. All of those things were just resonating with me so much. So I really appreciate all your tips and tricks, Ashley. Well, thank you. It's a crazy life. And so I think kind of nice sometimes to get other moms and professionals in our fields, what they do, because not everyone really knows some things that we would feel like are common sense to us because that's what we've studied just aren't to other people. And so this is why it's so nice to have like a group of moms to kind of share their experiences and tips. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you, Ashley. Yes. It's so fun talking to you guys. Thanks so much for listening to Medical Mamas. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Medical Mamas LLC. Subscribe to our Apple podcast and rate and review us if you like us. To get show notes, go to medicalmamas.org slash podcast, and you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox, and we'll email you every time there's a new episode. 